Hi, y'all. It's time for Little Monday Moxie. This is a podcast spotlighting female entrepreneurs, sharing their secrets to success, their stories of resilience, and celebrating their power and overall awesomeness. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Allen, the founder of The Community Classroom, a tutoring center in Western Massachusetts. I've also pitched, developed, and directed two master's programs at Mount Holyoke College. I'm a mama, a stepmama, and I'm an edgy geek who loves celebrating women who empower other women. Welcome to Monday Moxie. Hi, and welcome to Monday Moxie. This is Megan, and today's podcast episode is a little bit different. I am here with Jess Thompson from the Greater Northampton Chamber of Commerce. Hi, Jess. Hi. Jess is one of the first, actually, I think you might be the first person I met in the business community when I decided (laughs) to take the plunge. And today I have the pleasure of talking to Jess and being uncomfortable because she's going to interview me for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make this so easy. Pretend like you don't, you know, you didn't uh, write these questions. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) So tell us, Megan, a little bit about your business and how it started. So I am a lifelong educator. I taught fourth and fifth grade. I taught special education. I had the privilege of working in different universities, the University of Central Florida, working with University of South Florida, moved up to work at Mount Holyoke College, and then have been in the leadership realm for the past 10 years, got my doctorate in leadership. So I have this love of kids and education and this like sincere love and a deep appreciation of teachers and stepped out of that a little bit to work for a nonprofit out of DC. And then uh, education funding is not always a priority on the top of everybody's spending. And as a nonprofit, we watched our, our funders move from new shiny topic to new shiny topic. And then the pandemic hit. So we went from a staff of eight and a half to three and a half to two, and then I got let go. And so I used that time to do a lot of regrouping about how I wanted to spend my time as a human and as a mom or a new mom. I had a baby at that time and also working out of DC had no real connection to my community. Uh, My husband has been here for umpteen generations his family, but I've only been here seven years. So I was really longing to do something to serve people and serve family and serve kids. So I threw a bunch of noodles on the wall and used that time on uh, unemployment to think about how, what I wanted to do, what was needed and how I could um, fit that need. So I had graduate students that had graduated from Mount Holyoke who lost their secondary forms of income in the pandemic because they're not bartending and waiting tables and doing after school care and all those things that teachers do to make ends meet when they're first starting out. And I had a bunch of families that were floundering, uh, feeling unsupported and lost with online learning. And so developed uh, the community classroom and actually developed the name and got the building before I actually knew what I was going to do with it. (laughs) So I knew I was going to do something awesome. I just didn't know what it was yet, but I knew the name was going to be the community classroom. And I knew the building, I knew the exact classroom it was going to (laughs) be. Leap, right? Take the leap. (laughs) 
So what was your process once you had the space of like trying and let's say this works, that works, but definitely not that. Yeah. So my, one of my original ideas was to have just a space where kids could come and get like free support, homework, help, all those things, just come check out books or math games. And, um, quickly when I got to the business plan, I realized that there's not a lot of money in a free, (laughs) free classroom or community space. And so then just kind of listening to what was needed and talking to a lot of teachers and talking to a lot of families and honestly talking to a lot of the local business owners too. And then kind of seeing like, what are my, what's my skill set? What gets me out of bed in the morning and makes me excited and where are the gaps in the community where I could kind of fill in something. Uh, and we don't have a Sylvan Learning Center, so there's a community classroom. <laughs> you know, it's it's also like a different model too, because we're, you know, I work with certified teachers. So we hand handpick our team of like the best, the best teachers. Also being able to kind of, you know, I've got my degree in administration and never became a principal. Um, love the principles and building administrators out there, but it's not a job I would, I want to do, <laughs> but I feel like I, I get to be like a micro principal and like work with the most amazing team of teachers. And that's just, that makes me walk on sunshine. That's awesome. What's the one strength you bring to your work as a business owner or what is one strength you bring to your work as a business owner? I love people. I especially love kids (laughs) and I especially (laughs) love teachers. And so I think when you love what you do and you're passionate about it and you're knowledgeable about it, I think people see that it's authentic and it's real. And I mean, you just, you can feel somebody's joy when they love what they do. And so I think that's, uh, that's a strength. Sometimes that can be a weakness too, because that scares some teenagers away. (laughs) they're like cats just kidding (laughs) you can't come on too strong (laughs) you gotta pretend like you're they could come they could go whatever even if inside you're you're just busting with joy (laughs) you just have to hide it try not try not to scare them away (laughs) what do you think from all your years, so from teaching in the classroom to having the community classroom, is the most valuable lesson you've learned? Oh my gosh. I think um, I have a high risk tolerance, and I think being able to do things that um, kind of like test out a hypothesis and do things that you don't know if they're going to succeed or fail, but either way you're learning something. I think you do that every day. I did that with my fourth graders. If they weren't learning the scientific method this way, we were going to try it a different way. And if it didn't work that way, we're going to try it a third way. And I think, you know, taking the same approach to running a business really is a, a valuable lesson. As long as you haven't put too much, too much money behind the, that risk, because then when you fail, that's painful. Um, <laughs> you're paying the stupid tax, right? <laughs> well, that I, I think, you know, your business started so not right. Well, it was, it was during the pandemic, right? Like it was, we, we were, had been in it. Um, the first time we spoke, I think we had been in the pandemic for several months. Um, so you 
and the all the changes that that has brought to education to the business community to you know where and how people are working and how that impacts their families um you've really had to roll with it in so many different ways yeah the classroom doesn't know what a kid looks like without a mask you know and then for a while like we we did like our soft opening and we at that time it was like me and a couple of my former grad students soft opening was like August, July of 20, was it 2020? Mm -hmm. And then officially opened in September, but couldn't actually have kids in the space until the spring. So yeah, I think the the flip side is when you open a business in a pandemic, you don't really know what normal is. So you have nothing to compare it to when things are like Mm -hmm. bad or good. Um, You're just always thinking on the fly. Also, you know, I developed a graduate or two graduate programs using Zoom to kind of fit into teachers' lives, but this was five, six years ago. This was before Zoom was cool. And people thought we were nuts, <laughs> like nuts for doing an online graduate program. Um, think, thankfully, Mount Holyoke College took a chance on us. And I think that experience too came to valuable use in the pandemic when all of a sudden Zoom is the new normal. But you know, the the tutors here, many of them, they did their whole grad school experience on Zoom. So they're like, Zoom pros, they know how to teach and get kids engaged during Zoom. So I think that was also interesting and lucky. It's it's kind of like how the stars aligned. Right. That's such an interesting perspective, too, because when, you know, many of my friends are teachers, I also have a love for kids and teachers. And, um, uh, you know, so many of them talked about the challenges of, uh, teaching through Zoom and engaging students and like the sort of like showmanship you needed to have um, just to keep people engaged when, you know, the dog was barking or their brother was, you know, getting popcorn or whatever. Um, and if that is what you learned in, um, how, what a unpredictable advantage that gave to to the students you had worked for worked with who who knew that that was going to be like life lesson number one um heading into the pandemic (laughs) yeah they already had their zoom black belts (laughs) our students did (laughs) they already had their like girl scout badge for like (laughs) zoom level 10 Uh, but it's a it's really different working one-on-one with the kid in zoom and working with 20 kids on Zoom, especially if they're six. So I will say that, like, I don't, I am not envious of of teachers who had to navigate that. Not at at all. You couldn't pay me enough money to try that. Uh, A (laughs) one-on-one with a kid on Zoom. That's, yeah. That's a little different. What is the thing that sparks your creativity and like where, are the places that you find yourself with your most creative inspiration? I might've mentioned this before, but I love people and I get my, my energy from being around people. And I think collaboration is for me, it's like the fuel to my soul and being able to be around, especially other amazing women 
and just put our heads together, wrap our heads around a problem and then come up with a solution. I think like for me, that is like the ultimate high. That is like my heart is pumping. I feel like it's going to burst out of my chest. You know, like the, the project we're working on, the resilient project working with uh, Busy Bee Cleans and uh, Tiffany Chapman Photography. Like that is an example. Um, we are, I'm thinking about uh, the Miss Florence Steiner, Georgie, who who's going to be on the podcast. We collaborated with her to make some like really awesome educational kids menus. Oh, so um, cool. But so, yeah, so cool. Like the power of amazing female brains together mm-hmm. and also just listening to other people's ideas. One of my math tutors, uh, Hi Jay, who's a former grad student at Mount Holyoke College. Uh, she's in Alberta, Canada. And I always try to encourage my team, if you've got an idea, like bring it up. I want, like, I want to hear it. I want to see if we can make it happen. So she's always had a dream. She's really big into math play and math games and helping kids using that as like an access point to help kind of dial back any anxiety people have with math and dial up a love of math. And so she had this idea for uh, a math checkout system. And so we've been dreaming it up. I've met with people trying to find grant funding. It just hasn't come to be. Well, last week I saw where, or it was two weeks ago, uh, they were getting rid of all like the plastic yellow newspaper things on the side of streets. Cause North, yeah, that the real estate magazines were in. Mm-hmm. And so I texted Jay, I'm like, we got one that they were getting ready to throw away. And we've, we, we're going to do your math library now. Like we're, we're in it. So yeah. I think collaborating with people, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. Everybody gets their energy in different spaces in different ways. But for me, that's like exponential brain power. And that's just, uh, it's like, you know, having springs in the bottom of my feet. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. How do you think you have grown personally and professionally? I think I've had to get really thick skin and not take things personally. My past life, I did so much with advocacy and working with policymakers and really learned to get thick skin there when we were trying to raise teacher pay or trying to advocate for standards-based grades versus the traditional grading system. And, And then I started a business and I got ghosted by a potential client for the first time. And I was so hurt, but now it probably happens a couple of times a day and it's fine because, you know, it wasn't a good fit. But I had to learn to not take things personally and to get some like pretty, pretty thick skin. Yeah, that's, that a, like, that, that's hard that's a good thing to have. But <laughs> we want everybody it, to be happy and everybody to like us. And then, you know, it's, yep. it's tough when that doesn't always happen. What do you think has been the hardest thing for you to overcome as a female business owner? Gosh, that's a really good question. Who wrote that one? (laughs) I think sometimes as women, we just need to get out of our own way. Mm. In interviewing multiple business owners, I feel like that is one thing that I keep thinking about, that I've learned from others about applying to myself. We tend to as women, and I'm not just generalizing, but there's research around this. There's a lot of self-doubt, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of, I don't know if I can do that. And I think 
we can, I know we can, we just need to get out of our own way. And then back to the collaboration. One thing I've, I've learned is having, being in a community of other like-minded female business owners, where you can kind of push each other forward. And when someone's doubting, you know, you can help them overcome that doubt. And that that's happened to, to me, the colleagues that I've met in Florence. And I think that's been really helpful, but yeah, it's really challenging sometimes to, to get out of your own way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you must have seen that a lot with your students, right? In in the community that gets created in a classroom, it must be interesting to see that, you know, happening with fourth and fifth graders, right? Yeah. How they care for each other and help their peers to like go to the next step. And adults do the same thing in community. I never thought of it like that. It's almost like sometimes when something's right in front of your face, Mm -hmm. you can't see it as clearly, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's what, that's what teachers do in a classroom, right? We're constantly trying to help build confidence and help kids realize that they can reach their full potential. But when it comes to ourselves, Mm -hmm. do we we give ourselves that grace? Mm -hmm. No, right. (laughs) But it's easier. I think like in community, like we don't give ourselves that grace. Yeah. But in general, you're willing to do that for your peers or your colleagues because it's just different enough. Like, so for instance, you and Tiffany or you and Georgie, very different businesses, completely different businesses. But together, you have enough objectivity to be like, what do you mean? Of course you can do that. And I'll help you. Yeah. 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 Tell us about a time you've had to dig in deep to find the moxie to move forward as a business owner. This is a good one. Oh my gosh. I think one, when I rented the space and was going to have a business and then had to tell my husband what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what, how was your day? (laughs) Well, really interesting that you asked, by the way, (laughs) but I think it's, it's just like, yeah, digging deep and saying like, can I do this? Like I have this dream. I have this vision. I, can I create a space where kids just want to like run in because they're so happy to be there? I think I can. Can I, can I monetize that where I can pay my bills and actually like build, like rebuild my, my professional life. I I think I can. Yeah. So I think again, back to getting out of your own way, right? Like just taking that, that leap. When I started my business, I gave myself a year and I'm like, if I succeed or fail, at least I know I, I tried, but I've got a year. I'm going to see what happens. And yeah, yeah, we're at like 18 months now. So it's a really brave thing that entrepreneurs do, right? Like it's, um, I'm amazed, you know, I have sort of a unique position at the Chamber of Commerce because we're such an entrepreneurial community that I meet with a lot of people who are like, I love this thing, whatever it is, pottery, education. And then they're, they're like, I'm going to make a business out of this. This is what I want to do every day. But it's, it's, you know, that's, that's a very courageous thing to do, especially if you have to tell your husband that you've already rented this space. <laughs> what advice do you have for other female entrepreneurs in the Pioneer Valley? Network. Uh, there really is no such thing as unhealthy competition. I think 
um, your competition, they're also your colleagues. Like the more, the merrier. Maybe that's a little like naive to say. Um, but I think like reaching out to others in the same businesses is really helpful. Support other small businesses and listen to their stories because they have so much to offer. And you can do that by listening to the Monday Moxie podcast. I didn't mean that to be like a sales pitch, but you know, just walking in to their businesses and asking them a question and then hearing about like how they got their idea for their name or something like that, just really spark your own creativity and your own thinking. Awesome. Okay. This is a good one. Give a <laughs> shout out to a local woman owned business that you love and want listeners to check out. So all of them, all of them, <laughs> you know, I think we, one of my goals with a, with a resilient project is to come up with a comprehensive list to see like what percent of the businesses in Florence are actually female owned. Cause I really think that there's a higher percentage in Florence and Northampton that they're mm-hmm. There are in other places, but yeah, I'll rattle off the list. And if I forget your name, I'm so sorry, but I love you too. So of course there's Tiffany Chapman photography, busy bee cleans with Gary Lynn, Georgie at the Miss Florence diner, Catherine at cycle pottery. We've got, you know, on point salon has two female owners. We have Kate at glow beauty bar. Uh, oh my gosh. My daughter's obsessed with Maggie and Annie at little roots uh, and also my daughter, Cora, every time we go by high five, she's like my bookstore, my bookstore. So Lindsay <laughs> and Lexi at high five and art always. Uh, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg. There are just so many amazing ones. Absolutely. So the chamber has a page for women, uh, um, that vet- veteran, um, BIPOC, uh, minor, minority um, owned businesses. You don't have to be a member to have your business listed there. So, and there's a link on northamptonchamber.com so that you can submit your business. Um, so that could be helpful in tracking all of the women owned businesses in Florence. Yeah. And we'll put, a link, we'll put a link to that in the program notes so people can find that in the chamber website. Thanks, Jess. Awesome. awesome. And tell us how listeners can find your business, Megan. Why, thanks for asking, (laughs) Jess. Website is thecommunityclassroom.com. I'll make sure to put social media handles in the program notes. And you can also find our social media handles by going to our website. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today, Megan. It always is. Thanks, Jess. And thank you for all that you do for the business community. Uh, you you were my access point. You were the one who was like warm and welcoming and said, come on in. Uh, so I just, I'll never forget that conversation. And I'm just really thankful to you and to the chamber. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, that's the best part of my role at the chamber is getting to have conversations just like this um, and learning what inspired people to do the courageous things that they're doing with their professional lives and, you know, talking to people about how to engage in community. So I'm delighted to be here and delighted to do those things. Thanks, Jess. All right. Thank you, Megan. (laughs) 